uh, I just had this, this vision of Jesus, and uh, he was walking around the room, and he was touching people in, in different places. Um, and it wasn't that I s- could describe what he looked like. It was just I knew it was him. Are you with me? And he was touching people. And uh, one of the things that he did is he touched eyes. And uh, I just can't get off of that because what I wanted to talk to you today about, and we're just going to see what the Lord wants to do, was about hope. We, there was a prophetic word that came last week about hope and uh, it being our anchor out of Hebrews chapter 6. Um, I think it's seven, 17 through the end, through 20. And, uh, but Paul prayed, and, and I've prayed this for a long time now, that the eyes of our understanding, and that's our understanding, again, the eyes of our imagination be open. And uh, it was so cool uh, this morning as we walked into prayer uh, that Tish had brought frankincense because I've just been, I've been meditating on uh, the birth of Jesus, uh, not particularly that uh, this week as much as just when you think of smell is something that awakens our, our senses. Smell can bring pictures. You know, you can walk in a room and smell a chocolate chip cookie and it can make you think, don't get lost. It can make you think about how grandma or somebody used to make, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, that sense, that smell can take you somewhere in a minute and you just like, you leave this place and when we walked in, when I walked into prayer, I said, what's that smell? And she said, it's frankincense. And that's what's uh, going up here in the front, is frankincense. Well, when I think of frankincense, what I think about is that was what the wise men brought to Jesus when he was born. And uh, so I'm walking out of the prayer room, and I tell Tish, I said, when I smell frankincense, I just think about Jesus, baby Jesus, being anointed with frankincense and that's a smell uh, that, that would have been in that room. And it was a very expensive oil. It's still a very expensive oil. But they would have, and then Tish said, well, do you know that they say it's good to anoint a baby's head with frankincense because it'll cause the swelling in the brain to go down after they're born from going through uh, the birthing process and all that. Well, <clears throat> right then, Heather walks up. While Tish and I are talking, Heather walks up and she goes, man, that frankincense, it just makes me think of Jesus because that was the all they brought to Jesus. And I'm like, that's what we were just talking about. And so all of that I said to say this, I believe God wants to awaken us to the reality of who he is so that we can begin to use our imagination. And this whole service isn't about imagination, but it is about getting back into hope because hope is that confident expectation of good. Hope is where we're to be anchored. Hope says, you know what? It's what Romans 4 talks about when Abraham, it says when against hope, he believed in hope. So Abraham had a promise from God and he said though he was, his body was now dead, he's talking about his ability to procreate, was no longer with him, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He said he didn't allow either of those things, but he looked to hope. God saying, this is what I'm going to do. And he said he allowed that hope to stir him to faith. So 
Hope is what points us to faith and says, this is who God is. This is what he said. He's not a man. He can't lie, that he would lie. Are you with me? So as I was thinking about that and uh, about hope and about just here today, I believe what the Lord wants to do. And then, as I said, uh, Mel shared about in worship that she said, I think there's something. Let me ramble for a minute because here's what I want you to get. I really believe that today God wants to do something significant in your life, but you have to be partner with it. You have to say, yes, God. Yes, I, I choose to do that. And, and to go right along with that, Stephanie came up to me during worship and she said, I was, uh, it was funny, someone just said something about abiding. Melanie just said something about abiding. Well, she wasn't even in the prayer room when I was in there with Stephanie, and Stephanie said, man, the Lord just has me in John 15. That's where he's talking about abiding. Do you see what I'm saying? God, see, here's what I want you to know. I really believe when we come together, God wants to do something in such a fashion. When we walk out, we didn't say we went to church. We say, I met Jesus today. Because I believe you can go to church, great churches that do great things and walk out the same way. But I also believe that if we walk in a room and Jesus touches us, we'll walk out. And we may not remember a song that was sung. We may not remember a word that was preached. But we know we met with a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're different than we were when we got here. That is what awakens hope on the inside of us. That is what encourages us to walk in faith. It's when we encounter the man, Christ Jesus. So I believe that today, God is not just wanting us to come to church and have a church experience, but he's wanting us to have an encounter with the living God. He's saying, I want your eyes to be open so that you can see what I'm doing in you, not what's going on around you, but what I'm doing in you. And I want you to be awakened to that reality so that you can receive what I have for you today. I believe he has gifts he wants to give today. So Stephanie came in and she said, we were in worship and she said, I just felt like as I came in, the Lord spoke to me, Joshua chapter one. So I'm going to ask Stephanie to come up. You know, I heard the old preacher say one time, I'd rather see a sermon and hear one any day. I'd rather have someone show me than, than merely tell me the way. Are you with me? So I want to give some more foundation. I believe, I am a firm believer. We've been teaching about the importance of the word, right? The truth. We've been teaching about the word and the, the importance of the word being the, the foundation of our lives. So with that, I want to say this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says, rejoice always. It's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Rejoice always. That's a verse that was broken up in a verse. So you go, man, I can't remember scripture. I've got one for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Say it with me. Rejoice always. You just quoted a verse. You're on your way to great, begin, great things, <laughs> championing Christ. Rejoice always. The next one's not hard either. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Does that mean walk around everywhere, drive your car with your eyes closed? No. Some try that maybe. <laughs> the way some people drive, you think maybe that's what they're doing. 
It's not what he's saying. It says, be in an attitude of prayer. Prayer again is what? Is it me begging God? No, it's me fellowshipping, communing with God. Right? If I'm awakened to the reality that he's promised he'll never leave me nor forsake me, so I can pray without ceasing because I can commune with God if I'm on my job, if I'm driving a car. No, no matter what I'm doing, I can commune with him, right? I can pray without ceasing because prayer is fellowship, is, is uh, communing with God. Verse 18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. <laughs> This is good stuff right here. These, these short verses, this is some really good stuff, these four or five verses. Five verses I want to get right here before I bring Stephanie up. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Now, he didn't say for everything, give thanks, but he said in everything. So in every situation, every circumstance, we can give thanks. This is, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, and, and I'm normally not a theme preacher that goes with the holidays, but sometimes the Lord is good, and he'll just highlight something to me, and, uh, but, and as I said, I wanted to share today about hope and thanksgiving, but and here he said, in everything give thanks, for why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you ever said, Maybe not out loud, but to yourself, man, I just want to know God's will. I just want to know God's will for my life. And we, and I understand in that context what you're saying is the direction that God has, the destiny, all, I get that. But here's in a, in a simple, simple form right here. He said, in everything give thanks for this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So if you're ever struggling with what is the will of God, take a praise break and just start giving thanks for who he is to you. Not focusing on what hasn't happened, but who he is to you. Just as we talked about today, see him high and lifted up. See him on the throne and that he loved you so much that he seated you right beside him. Come on. He's a good, good God. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Verse 20, that's pretty self-explanatory. But in that, what he's saying is, when don't shut out or push away Holy Spirit. And, you know, i be honest, one of the most, I won't say it's not a job, but one of the things that I, I continue to, to want to grow in is just that. When the Lord is moving and he's doing something, it's not to quench what he's doing. Not to step in and say, here's my plan, here's what I've got to do, but to be sensitive to what he's doing. Are you with me? And say, Holy Spirit, we want you to have right away because that's what brings breakthrough because that's when we see Jesus because he and Jesus are the same. They're the, they're the Godhead. They're not the same person. They're part of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if I can see him and what he's doing, I can follow him, and then he can, he'll, he'll bring life to people. And that's my heart's desire is that he brings life. So he says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Do not despise prophecies. Don't despise, and here it's talking about foretelling uh, and foretelling. And it's talking about God revealing 
And it's talking about seeing from God's perspective, but it's also talking about God telling you what's to come. But he says, don't, don't despise, do not despise prophecies. So when, when we make room for a prophetic word, we're being obedient to what the word has told us. And what we're saying is, Jesus, we want to see from your eyes today. We want to see, are you with me? So, and a lot of times that may be an action that we walk out because belief, faith and belief are an action. It's an action word. It's not just a, uh, a set of standards that we hold ourselves to. It's a belief that uh, we allow to bring life to us. And um, so I'm going to ask Stephanie to come up and share what uh, the Lord showed her this morning because um, I just want us to be sensitive to him, right? I don't want us to just come together and hear good teaching, good preaching, uh, or, you know, good singing, and then walk out and get, just go, man, I went to church. I'm glad I went to church. But that we could come in and we can meet with the living God, and we can go out, and it could come through the mouth of, of Stephanie or Tish or Mel or, or Melita that challenges us to step beyond where we are so that we can walk out and go, man, I, I'm different than when I came in. You with me? Okay. I'm going to stand up here and just enjoy the frankincense. <laughs> I like it. Privilege. Um, what the Lord was speaking to me, I feel like, was advancement. So if y'all don't hear anything else I say, the Lord is speaking. Um, is advancement. Um, so I welcome y'all into my world. Um, in the first song, the Lord has had me, um, and some of y'all never may have never heard this song, but Vicky Winans sings a song, Shake Yourself Loose. Um, and I think it was in the War Room um, movie. But the um, I was meditating on that this morning during the first song that we sang. And I just want to read the lyrics of a little bit of that. It says, the bridge says, don't let the enemy keep you in bondage. Pray your way through. Come on and shake loose. Every worry, every care, praise your way through. Come on and shake loose. Those chains that bind you should only remind you to praise your way through. Come on and shake loose. Problems know that he will solve them. Praise your way through. Come on and shake loose. And as I was focusing, thinking about that and praying with the Lord during the first song, um, I had a vision of an army. And the Lord was um, speaking to me about Joshua. And that's when I told Pastor about um, Joshua chapter 1. And I saw the army, uh, that we are the army of the Lord, just like they were. And they had to look past their past. They had to shake off the past and everything they had been through in the past and everything they were going through right then. And um, what... The Lord was telling Joshua, Joshua 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you, which he has told us that in Hebrews 11, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So be strong, confident of good courage, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. 
In the last verse of the, of the chapter, verse 18, the last sentence says, Only be strong, vigorous, and of good courage. And I feel like that's what the Lord is saying to us, us this morning. And the vision that I had was us standing and taking a step of advancement. No matter what's happening, um, with this morning, we already shook, we shook off, you know, everything that's going on. Um, so you don't have to participate this morning, but I would like for us to stand if you would. And to step forward, a lot of you guys have to get out of your seats. Or you can just so if you'll, if you'll come to the middle or come to wherever you can take a step. Um, amen. So in the, wherever we go, we don't stay in this place. And I just really feel like the Lord is um, saying, wherever we are, it doesn't, um, you know, to Him, it greatly matters. We're all called for, um, to be where we are at this time and this season in the highways and byways. Um, and we are called to advance. So I believe this week is a, well, last week we shifted from where we were to hope. We had to walk that out um, as a prophetic act. So I believe this morning the Lord is saying advance. Um, and the definition of advance, it's the promotion of a person in rank or status, development or improvement. So this morning I want to speak that over you, that you guys are developing and improving, Amen. no matter what it looks like. Amen. The people of Israel, when Joshua was there, ready to lead them out, I don't believe that they were excited. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't believe it. And that's okay if you're not excited this morning. But they stepped. Yeah. And once they stepped, then victory came. And they kept stepping and they kept advancing Amen. and they kept um, moving forward. So this morning, Father, I thank you, thank you um, for speaking to your people. I thank you for, for anointing us and appointing us everywhere we are. I thank you for your hope and love. And I thank you that Jesus, you are with us, yeah. in us, and among us. Jeez. So Father, this morning, we do. We take that step. So if each one of you guys will take that step, we take that step of advancement yeah. into the kingdom. <laughs> we advance yeah. as you you have called each one of us to advance and promote and go forward into what you would have us to do. And Father, I speak in the mighty name of Jesus that things will break off, things will be loosed off of each one of us, and we glorify you that the army of God is advancing for your yes. glory and your purpose in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. Colossians, one of the main verses the Lord had me to bring today was um, Colossians chapter 2, chapter two, verse 6, says this, and this is so awesome because uh, this is how the Lord wants to orchestrate our meetings. This is how the Lord wants to orchestrate our lives. Are you with me? So everything that I've shared so far, the words that came forth and things like that, and then Stephanie come up to me and said, I just really feel like the Lord saying he wants us to take a step. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this, as you have received, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So I ask this question, how did you receive the Lord Jesus? Now, I'm not saying when or where, <laughs> I'm saying how. We did it by what? By faith. 
by believing that the person who was sharing the gospel with us was telling us the truth, that God loved us in spite of ourselves, and that if we would put our trust in him, if we would place our hope, our trust, our belief into him, that's what it literally means there in John's gospel, when we believe into him, just like I take um, this piece of paper right here, and I put this piece of paper into this Bible, and I shut the Bible everywhere the Bible goes, where's the paper go? It goes too, right? So when we are saved, the Bible says we're baptized into Christ. That's talking about the spiritual baptism of belief into him. And we're placed in him just like that paper is placed in this Bible. So everywhere I go, I go in him. You understand, as long as this paper's in this Bible now, everywhere I travel, if I travel all over the world and I have this Bible, that paper goes with it. Because it's placed in him. And that's where we are. We're placed in him. And we got there not by our actions, not by how good we were, not how well we performed, not how much we prayed. Uh, as, are all those things good? Are, yes, absolutely. Every one of those things are, are amazing. That we would uh, walk right, talk right, act right, that we, would, that we would serve the Lord with gladness, that we would... What's that verse we remember? Rejoice. Always. Memorized the verse today. See, we came to church and memorized the verse. How about that? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Rejoice always. So when we are walking, we're walking in him. And he said, as you have received, as you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. Again, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Do you see a theme? Yes. There's a theme here. That If you're wondering where I'm going, it's thanksgiving. Not to the holiday to eat, but it's in thanksgiving to him. That He said, this is the will of God concerning him that we give thanks. Here he said, as you have received the... Just let me ask you this. If you were born again or are born again, were you thankful when that took place? Yes. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior out of whatever it was, it could have been someone who didn't do uh, all those things. And that, you know, I just want to free somebody right here. Maybe you don't have my testimony of drugs and alcohol and nearly drinking myself to death and all these other things. Maybe that's not your testimony. Maybe you never lived a life of, of sin and stuff like that. You grew up in a Christian home. You gave your heart to the Lord, and you're serving the Lord now, and you go, I don't have a testimony. Man, I would love to have yours. Your testimony is who Jesus is to you, not what you were delivered out of. It's who Jesus is to you. To me, he delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from a foul mouth. And if that's not you, praise God, that's not you. But your testimony is who Jesus is to you, not what he did for you. So you have a testimony. It's who Jesus is to you. But every one of us, no matter what it was, if you lived a good life and you were a good person, but you realized that my goodness isn't enough, I need Jesus, there was thanksgiving when you asked him to be your Savior and your Lord. When you realize that me being good is not enough, and therefore, it's not that I'm going to be bad now, but my being good isn't what gets me approved by him. God, I'm thankful that I can believe in you and you'll forgive me. That's calls for thanksgiving, right? So he's saying, as you, 
As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, do what? So walk in him. Verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. See, this is the tapestry of Jesus. This is the beauty of who he is. If we'll want to see him, if we'll not be about our agenda, because I'll just be totally honest. This week I've studied and it was just like, all right, Lord, I feel like hoping Thanksgiving. You know I'm not a big Thanksgiving. I'm going to do the theme of Thanksgiving and all that. But it was just, it was dry to me. Is it okay for me to be honest and say that? It was kind of dry. I'm like, God, I don't know where I'm going. Yesterday, we had a busy day and um, ended late last night after, and I'm like, all right, Lord, what, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, you and me up tomorrow. Hopefully, it's more you than me. <laughs> and, uh, and so, as I was just in prayer this morning, I, I, I went in the prayer room, and I was just in there praying, and I was just saying, all right, Lord, what are we going to do? And he began to just weave all of this together, and it, and it was that trust thing. You trust me. The things I've been putting in your heart, you just trust me. And then we came in here, and I began to watch him weave this beautiful tapestry of what he was doing, of the prophetic words that came, and what he was saying, and how he wanted us to see, how he wants us to dream and imagine with him, and how he wants us to uh, step out, out of the things that have held us down. And you know, that word's come, this is the goodness of God, that word's come forth here in this church many, many times, about stepping in. I I shared this last night. I was, I was sitting right here on the front row. It was actually in James' seat because we removed these front rows. And uh, I was sitting there, and I was laid back with my head, laid back against the seat. And uh, I was just meditating on the Lord, and it was just right before he was showing me that he was touching people. And, uh, man, my ears are really burning. Somebody, he's touching somebody's ears right now. So your ears are opening up right now. You're going to hear it. You're going to leave church today, and you go, dang, I've been going to church just to go to church, but today's different. I'm awakened on the inside. So I'm sitting there, and I'm laid, I'm laid back like this. I have my hands folded, and I'm leaning back against the chair. And Will, little Will, bless him. He's a, he's a champion. Will walks by, and he gets right beside me. He's up here. Tish is up here. Will walks. He gets right here, and he goes, wake up, and just keeps walking. <laughs> And Gail said she was watching the whole thing from the back, and she lost it because he, he thought he caught me sleeping in worship, you know. But he just stopped right beside me. He said, wake up. And he didn't wait to see my response or anything. He just kept walking. <laughs> and I told, I told everyone last night, I believe that was prophetic, that the Lord is saying, wake up. Wake up out of this stupor, out of this haze, out of this cloud of confusion. Wake up to who you are. Quit hearing about it and start living from it. As you have received the Lord Jesus, uh, as you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and grounded. So where am I going? John 15, the word that God really put in, uh, in Stephanie's heart in the prayer room was John 15. And then from there, Melanie, standing up here, said, I just hear John where God says we need to abide in him. Do you see what I'm talking about? That's who Jesus is. He was speaking. And if I'd have been about my agenda and just preaching my message, I could have missed Jesus saying, I'm doing something here, and I want you to have part in it. And you know what's bigger than that? He doesn't just want me to have part in it. He wants you to have part in it. He says, I'm inviting you in into relationship deeper with me. He said, rooted and grounded, right here, rooted and grounded in... uh, 
rooted and grounded, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. So what is John 15? John 15 is all about the vine and we're the branches. And it talks about us being connected to him. And in there, he talks about that he prunes that vine. And you know the beauty of that? We can go, oh, God's cutting stuff off. That hurts. No, what it does is it it's love. It's an act of love because what pruning does is it cuts dead things off that's sucking life out of you. That's good. That's really good. So God, when he prunes us, when he says, when he says man, that's an attitude or an action you had, I'm, I'm going to prune that because I want life to come where there used to be death. Oh, that's so good. It's not always comfortable. It's always good. <laughs> we went and got Christmas trees yesterday, and, you know, they cut the trees down. Cut it down. So one of the things that we do, and it, if you've got your things, that's all cool. I'm not asking for, for tree knowledge. But one of the things I do is I'll take the tree, and I'll drill a hole up into the base of the tree so that it, it, it can drink better, more. And Brianna said, oh, you're hurting the tree. She said, I bet that hurt because I just put a and it went in, you know, and drilled a hole. She said, you're hurting the tree. I said, no, I'm helping the tree so that it can drink. I'm helping the tree. It, it looked like pain, but I'm helping the tree. And the same thing the Lord wants to do, he wants to help us. He said, as you received, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. And here's what I, it's so easy. I don't care how long. And that's why that word that Stephanie gave is so prophetic about shaking off. Because sometimes we think about shaking off sin. We think about shaking off things that are bad that are happening in our life right now. And that's all we think about shaking off. But no, there are times we need to just shake off a mindset. We need to shake off a philosophy. And that's what this passage of Scripture talks about. He says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. That philosophy is a way of viewing the world. Your philosophy is how you view Jesus and how you view the world. He said, Be, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world. So what he's saying is, there's some things we need to shake off today. It may just be the... the uh, the traditions of man. This is how I've always done church, and if it's not done like this, it's awkward and weird to me. Someone lay, laying in the floor laughing, someone laying in the floor crying. Depending on what camp, what tribe you came out of, laying in the floor and crying is okay, but laying in the floor laughing is irre irreverent. That's a tradition of man. That's a tradition of man that we need to shake off. You may have been raised in tradition that said women are supposed to be quiet in church. You know what's so amazing about that? Almost every one of those denominations that say women are supposed to be quiet in church have women missionaries around the world. It's okay for them not to be quiet in other countries, just they got to be quiet when they're here. That's jacked up. That's a tradition of man. So I don't want to just name a bunch of traditions of men because I might miss yours. But he said here, he said, and beware lest anyone do what? Cheat you. See, Jesus is so good to me. He paints me these pictures. He makes it so simple that my imagination can just stay alert and stay, you know, Tyler. Y'all know my son-in-law, Tyler. He went to Wendy's the other day, and he was supposed to get a medium fry, and he took a picture of it. 
He got a fry, and it was, you could hardly see a fry in the box. He got cheated. And he just went, he said, I didn't have time to go back because I had to go to work. And when I opened the bag and I looked, I have to fry. But you know what? It, it, it bothered him because he took a picture on his phone to show people that Wendy's cheated him French fries. <laughs> Send it to Wendy's headquarters. You cheated me. This is what I, this is supposed to be a me. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this. When we're cheated in the natural, we don't tolerate it. Am I meddling now? We don't tolerate it. If we're cheating the natural, we don't tolerate it. But we'll go in and out of life, in and out of church, in relationship with the Lord, and we'll be cheated through what lies people have told us, the devil's told us that we bought into, and we'll be cheated, and we'll just go, well, we just got to be humble. No, we got to walk in the wisdom of the Lord. We got to continue in the Lord Jesus Christ. As, he, as we began, we've got to continue. We can't stop short. Do not let anyone cheat you of all that Jesus provided for you. Man, that's good. That stirs me up. He said, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men. Jesus himself said in Mark, I think Mark 7, he said, the traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. The traditions of, this is God himself saying the traditions of man have hindered and stopped what God can do in your life. Wow. According to the basic principles of the world. You know what that is? I, what that contains is not, it doesn't, it's not all of it, but what it contains is your five senses. The basic principles of the world. What are you saying? There are times that we believe in God for something, and the basic principles of the world tell us something contrary to what we're believing God for. And it's easy to go with those basic principles over the truth of who God said he is and what he said he would do. You know what happened? You just got cheated. Amen, oh me. You just got cheated. He said, don't allow that to happen. Listen, according to the basic principles, and not according to Christ. He said, wow. Corinthians says this, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, where it says, talk, where we, talk, we quote this a lot about uh, casting down imaginations and uh, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity. You know what I'm talking about? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers, against rules of darkness and wickedness, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And he says, uh, casting down imaginations and bringing everything into the obedience of Christ. What is he saying? So when we're dealing with spiritual principalities and stuff like that, we don't bring it to our obedience. We don't bring it to how well we've performed or how good I've been today or everything I've done right, how much I've fasted, how much I've prayed. We bring it to the obedience of what Christ accomplished. That's where the basis of our authority. And the only reason we don't operate in that, we, me included, many times is because we've been, we've been cheated through vain philosophies through tradition of men that says, nope, if you don't fast this much. And one of the scriptures, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. That's a vain philosophy. That's a tradition of men that says only certain devils come out by fasting. That's not, in context, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about unbelief. He's not talking about devils. He's talking about unbelief. But we'll allow the tradition of men to say, well, some devils, you got to fast and pray. Did we see that in the life of Jesus? 
No, that's not a trick question. We don't see Jesus fasting and praying before he can get rid of a devil. Right? No, he spoke and they listened because he knew who he was and he was operating in the authority that was given him. The same is true for us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, wrap it up. Verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Can we believe that? Can we believe that in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily? That's just sound scripture doctrine, scriptural doctrine, that in Christ dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So what that means is all that God is. Hebrews chapter 1 says that Jesus is the exact representation, the express image, the exact representation of the Father. That's who Jesus is, not who he was or who he will be. It's who he is. He's the exact representation. So we can say Jesus is perfect theology, right? In him, when we see how Jesus functioned, we can see not a formula, but we can see a lifestyle of a man in communion with God. But in him also was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's right here, verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Listen, verse 10. And you are complete in him. That's a good word right there. So in Christ dwells all the fullness of Godhead bodily, and we're complete. Where are we? Where are we? Look, everyone, look at class, class. This is us. This is him. We're in him. So if in here, him, is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we're in there, what are we in? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I know, I know, that's hard. That's like swallowing one of them big vitamins with not enough water. I know. I get it, you go, you got to choke it down. But it'll do you some good, just get her down. He said, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He goes on to say, you are complete in him. Who's what? who is the head of all principality and power. Not when you fast and pray, not when you've, you've read your whole Bible through five times in a year. Again, I'm not being uh, sarcastic. I'm not being belittling about those things. They're important. Prayer, fasting, reading your word, that's important. But anytime we do that to gain stature or position with God, we've gone from how we began and went into works. We've fallen from grace and gone under the law thinking our performance uh, gets us something more with God. Are you with me? It's Thanksgiving. Be thankful. Yeah? Rejoice always. And everything give thanks. I, I really believe that today the Lord is saying, I want to awaken you in a way you've never been awakened before. That's why I've given you all these practical things today. Today's been very practical through the prophetic words that came through Dreaming with God. What does it look like in heaven? What, with me being there that Tish led us in. From, from Stephanie saying, the Lord says, we're going to step. We're going we're to put. You know what we did? We took the basic principles of the world and we brought them into subjection to the truth of who God is instead of vice versa. We said, I'm going to use these natural faculties and I'm going to bring them into subjection to what God has said. And I'm not going to despise. First, he said, do not despise what? Prophecies. We read it all in that first passage that we started in. So I want to encourage you that you make a decision today, that today 
I did. I didn't just shake off that sin. I didn't just shake off that thing. I shook off vain philosophies. I shook off anything that's going to hinder me from walking closer, more intimately with him. Because as an act of my will, I choose to abide in him, John 15. See, in that prophetic word, there were so many scriptures the Lord wanted to give us today that where we can walk in a place that maybe we've never walked in before. It's out of religion and into real intimate relationship, not just as a catchphrase, but as a reality of our lives. Amen.